Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It is time now for The Bigger Picture. I suppose, first and foremost, Ryan, from page of the Straits Times and the Business Times, is Singapore's core inflation jumping to the highest in 14 years. And really the question of how investors should read into this, but <laughs> you've got other inflationary pressures that you're looking out for as well in the United States. That's right, Elliot. It's also playing out in the US where we are seeing a bit of a retail meltdown <laughs> that's coming through off the back of Walmart's latest results, which showed that consumers are changing their spending patterns away from those high margin items like clothing and electronics towards basic necessities. I feel like, you know, you're on this lookout for a place to stay safe in because mm. you've got a retail meltdown, you've got tech under pressure, but let's not forget China is dealing with uh, COVID battle that's dragging for quite a while now. Still dragging on and going by these reports, we've got about 100 big firms, including the likes of Foxconn, CNOC, BYD, Huawei, ZTE being told in Shenzhen to move to a closed loop manufacturing system for seven days as they try to isolate their workers from COVID-19. So that's going to be in the conversation with Eddie Lowe, Chief Investment Officer for Maybank Group Wealth Management. Morning, Eddie. How are you doing today? Ah, uh, morning. I'm fine. Nice weather. <laughs> nice cooling weather. <laughs> yeah, let's hope it stays that way. Now, Eddie, we've got a lot this week to keep an eye on, but let's start with the earnings season that's going to be underway mm-hmm. in a big fashion. We've got a lot of names to watch out for, the likes of the big tech names, Google, Microsoft, yeah. AMD, the likes of McDonald's, Coke, GE, GM, and Beckholm, many more like Capital Reed. What's your expectations of what mm-hmm. numbers you'll be seeing? Are we looking at for more downside risks that could weigh on markets? Right. Uh, if you look at the market, if I would just take a step back, it, last week the market was actually somewhat sanguine about the reporting season because uh, we saw about 20% of the companies reporting with about 70% posting positive surprises. So market actually reaction was mildly positive. Mm. However, I would say that it's too early to celebrate. As you mentioned, about of the companies have yet to report and we have about one third of the S&P companies with the tech majors uh, reporting this week. And I think more importantly, it's not just about the results, but the outlook. Now, already we have witnessed increased cautiousness. You mentioned about the retailers on the profits outlook, as well as future hiring and expansion plans. And for us, one of the key downside risks is really profit margins. We have actually seen profit margins trending lower and with rising cost inflation, I think there's more downside risk. So we do expect further downgrades of consensus earnings, which we deem still overly optimistic at 10% per annum for the next two years. Yeah, talking about those uh, rising pressures on the cost of living, we've seen the Singapore numbers, core inflation, mm. jumping to its highest levels in 14 years at 4.4% in June. How should investors read into this? Right. If you look at core inflation, 4.4% versus 3.6% in May, headline inflation was even higher at 6.7%. And strong price increases across most categories, including services, food, retail, and utilities. So NAF probably saw these numbers coming in, so it prompted them to deliver an off-cycle tightening, which surprised the market in mid-July to contain inflation by, you know, recentering the Sing dollar near and which led to a stronger dollar to help to contain some of the input prices. So with easing global energy and food prices, we are seeing actually some softening on the commodities front. We are projecting the core inflation to peak sometime in this quarter, third quarter. However, it's going to take 
you know, uh, longer than expected to, to normalize back to, say, the trend levels of about 2%, particularly because of the fact that we are actually seeing rising services and wage costs. So ultimately, this persistently or stubbornly high inflation could erode spending power and dampen consumer sentiment as what we have seen in the U.S. That will lead to weaker consumption. And coupled with the weakening global trade outlook, I think that is going to weigh on Singapore's economy. And because of that, we have actually recently lowered our 2023 GDP forecast to 1.5% while maintaining our forecast at 2.8% for 2022. Yeah, Eddie, you mentioned that you might see inflation peaking in the third quarter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Going into the FOMC meeting this Thursday Mm -hmm. morning, uh, we are widely expecting a single five basis point rate hike. But I think the expectations or at least the focus is on what's coming up next. Uh, What do you think is going to come up next? Yeah, you know, the rate high expectations has been fluctuating quite a fair bit. So when June CPI came in higher expected at 9.1%, at one point it spiked to 100 basis points, and then subsequently it went back down to 75 basis points after Fed officials sort of like signal that hey, they're going to stick with 75 basis points. But I think be it 75 or 100 basis points in the July meeting, I think what matters more is really the trajectory moving forward. And some investors are hoping for the Fed to pause or even cut rates next year in first quarter next year, which we believe is premature. As I mentioned, while inflation could very well peak in this quarter, it could take longer to normalize. In Mm. fact, if you look at a consensus estimate, it is still projecting US CPI to average at about 5.4% in the first quarter. So given such high levels of inflation, I think it will be difficult for the Fed to turn dovish and even cut rates. So I think uh, lingering uncertainties on this front, be it inflation policy, I think that's going to weigh on market sentiment. Yeah, talking about lingering uncertainties, uh, what's lingering around the corner is a potential recession mm-hmm. with those higher rates, uh, especially in Europe. So talk to us about your approach to those equities. Um, you've right. pretty much um, looked at Europe and thought maybe it's not the right place to put your money there right now. Yeah, uh, overall, we are actually quite cautious towards equities, particularly with the European equities, because if you look at the European uh, corporates, the reporting season actually got off to a pretty big start, uh, with earnings surprising to the downside. On average, about one third of the companies have actually missed consensus by at least 5% so far, and that is actually the Mm. highest level since the uh, European debt crisis about 10 years ago. And if you look on the macro front, the latest July manufacturing services PMI were both below expectations. And unfortunately, the ECB has, you know, are unable to actually ease the fact They have to tighten monetary mm. policy at high rates given the surging inflation. And on the geopolitical front, uh, we still have the Russia-Ukraine war. And so Europe remains highly vulnerable to a supply shock in terms of oil and gas supply from Russia. And they are highly dependent on Russia. So it could be a difficult winter season for the Europeans should mm. the gas be shut off uh, as well as the markets in our view. And Eddie, just a quick one on China. You've got your mm-hmm. current stance as neutral. What will it yes. take for you to get more confident about raising exposure there? Well, on China, we were really quite tempted to go a bit more constructive on China given the improving PMI data plus the fact that we are seeing some, I would say, tightening, uh, no, in terms of regular tightening of the tax centre, it, it appears to be nearing an end with approval of new licences, gaming licences, closure on the DD Global case and, you know, latest announcement of this three-tier data strategy to avoid US listings. But we held back because, uh, one, uh, the stringent, very stringent zero-COVID strategy, I think that will continue to lead to intermittent lockdown restrictions uh, that will cause a bumpy recovery process. And plus the fact that the property sector issues have yet to be sorted out and that has potentially 
contagion effect to other sectors, including the banking sector, is not handled well. So until we see more clarity on this front, both fronts on zero COVID plus the property, I think we will rather stay neutral for now. Although I think the downside is quite limited given the fact that valuation has priced in quite a fair bit of negatives. Okay, we'll see how it plays out for China. We're returning Eddie Lowe. He is the CIO for Maybank Group Wealth Management. Eddie, thanks for your time and we'll catch up again with you soon. Right, thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.